Welcome to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Chef Mary Lou Davis. Mary Lou recently appeared on season 19 of Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen TV show, where she finished as the runner-up. Originally from Texas, she went through culinary school and then worked her way up from dishwasher to executive chef and is now cooking in the Bay Area. Mary Lou also has a YouTube channel called Geeks and Grubs, where she cooks food from her favorite movies and TV shows. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at theartistsworkethicpodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. The script I want to highlight today is a feature drama called I Know You. I Know You is about when a man discovers that he can know details about those around him and uses his ability to improve his life at the cost of his own personal morality. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review the Artist's Work Ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Mary Lou, thank you so much for coming on with me today. You are absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So as I understand it, you've worked really hard to get where you are from culinary school, then working your way up from a dishwasher to an executive chef and and finding yourself on season 19 of Hell's Kitchen. What do you think has given you the drive, that drive to push and push forward? For me, I think it was always, I used to have a really big fear of failure. So I wanted to be a hundred percent certain about something before I did it. And as of now, I'm really trying to embrace the failure so that I try and do more things. But it was also because of my mother. It's like I I wanted to do something that would make her proud of me, but also something that I was good at. And the only thing I seemed to be good at was eating. So I just kind of went in that direction. Nice. I've definitely had that same thing of, of, I know my parents listen to this, so it's kind of funny that you know, I've always, you know, a lot of the things that I want to do is, is I hope that they'll be, you know, stoked about and just kind of think are cool. Yes, absolutely. Talking about your parents, do you think your work ethic comes from how you were raised in some way or, or something else in your life that kind of instilled that? It comes from how I was raised. Like I was raised by a single mother. I don't really know too much about my father. I do know that he also was in food and in culinary arts and trying to get his degree. So maybe part of me was just like, oh, you wanted to do this, so I'm going to do it better. So you have to notice me. But that's between myself and my therapist. But my work ethic comes from my mom. So just seeing everything that she's done. And I never I never saw her struggle. And I never wanted anything. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just like, oh, man, I want this. I can't get it. If I ever wanted something, I, my mom would get it for me. And she worked as a hairstylist. And I saw her go from being the best hairstylist at one place and her like getting a vacation and then her opening up her own place. And it it was just very inspiring. And I was like, mom, you, you did this and you did this with a child. Like I'm trying to do this just with me. 
Yeah, I think making you feel like you were always fine, uh, well off, maybe is is the better term. Is I feel like such a good example from a parent. I mean, my, I have I have a one year old and a four year old, and we just oh. moved. We just moved from uh, we were all in a one bedroom apartment together, and oh now my we're gosh. now we're in a house. Like now everything is you know it's all good. I mean, the apartment was nice and all that, but I always kind of think that. As my kids get older, they'll they they didn't know that living in a one bedroom with four people is you know a, yeah is, yeah exactly exactly. I I understand. That. I bet they were thrilled when they got to the house because <laughs> something you've never seen before, and it's like all of this space. Yeah, totally, and a backyard. And a, oh wow, um, <laughs> we didn't get a backyard till I was sixteen. <laughs> so uh, how how are you structuring your day? Whether it was. As you were as you were coming up as a chef or into today, how are you structuring your day to be productive and stay current both in your craft and and the business of what you're doing as well? How it started out when I was younger, I just I always had a job. And my my mother and my godfather always told me, you know the thing, once you start working, you're never gonna stop for the rest of your life. And you don't really care. You're like, I just want my own money, so I don't have to ask you for things. I want to do it myself. So I started working and I remember in high school, I worked at a bank. It was like my only job that wasn't in the culinary industry. I worked at a bank until maybe a couple months later. That's when I started my um, my dishwashing job. And then when I went into college, because I graduated from the University of North Texas, I had three jobs and I still had 15 hours to do. And then I graduated there and I got a management job and still went to culinary school at the same time. So it's just like, just get up, just keep going, just keep moving. I never had time to like stop and and pause and see what I'm missing or what's going on around me. My dad or my godfather, he's always telling me, you have to make sure when you're younger that you live like no one else. So when you get older, you can live like no one else. The older I get, the more it makes sense. Cause I, growing up, I feel like I had my like just blinders on, focusing on what's in front of me. And then the older I'm getting, the more that they're getting taken off. And now every day is, is so much more of an adventure. Like I'll go out with my friends and they've been doing all these things for years. And I was like, well, I just like my, my tolerance for drinking is so low. So it's fun when I go out, <laughs> it doesn't cost that much money at all. And I'm like, wow, let's go do all these things. Cause I, I didn't do them when I was like 21 to 27. Maybe I went out once every once in a while, but working in the culinary industry, holidays, weekends, you're, you're working. That's it. Maybe I'm off a Monday or Tuesday when nothing's going on. Well, it sounds like you didn't kind of rest on your laurels as you were coming up. You made sure that you were always trying to strive for the next thing. I feel like I had to. I didn't want, I never thought of being that person that's resting on somebody else doing it for them because that's not what I saw and that's not what I was taught. It wasn't until I got older that I started to realize that some people just are like, oh, I'm pretty. I'm just going to fuck around. And that's, that's just not me. I like to be able to be proud of what I'm doing. But, you know, I like to brag a little bit. It's like, yeah, I did all this when I was younger. And they're like, really? Yeah. I could have been messing around, but I didn't. For sure. Piggybacking off that, a recurring theme that keeps coming up when I talk to people is that they've found things in their career to do that set them that sets themselves apart from their peers and, you know, maybe adds value, you know, along the way. What What sort of thing or things would you say you've done to set yourself apart as you've been coming up in the, in the culinary world? A lot of things that set me apart are, 
I, so I have this second channel. So I have two. I have my coffee and concealer, which is like my everyday life. But then I also have my geeks and grubs because growing up, since I didn't do a lot, I watched a lot of cartoons. I like to recreate different foods and different meals from different fandoms. And that makes me different from anyone else because I, I don't see anybody else doing it. And if I do see somebody that's close to doing what I do, nobody has the kitchen training that I do. They're just people at home that were like, let me play around. It's like, no, I, I'm the girl that's into this. I'm the black woman that's into this. I am the young black nerd. And it's, you're not seeing that. And especially because nerd culture is coming out to be such a big thing. It's like, I've always been doing this. I'm not just jumping on this train. I would go home after school. And I knew that once I got there, Sailor Moon was going to finish and Dragon Ball Z was going to start. So I had only 10 minutes to make a snack so I could watch it. I saw you did something recently at Brooklyn Comic-Con. So it sounds like that's a great, maybe little circuit for you to be jumping into. Oh, it's been so much fun. Like I'm really getting into going to different cons and being guests and I do um, panels and I really was inspired by those cooking shows from like Emeril Lagasse where everyone's sitting around and you're just kind of talking and telling them about the cuisine. So I'll make something. We'll, we'll chit chat. You end up getting food and we're just talking about like food and fandom and fun times. And like I said before, I don't, I don't see a lot of people doing it. It's been pretty interesting pushing my way to these cons. Cause when I suggest it, since no one's seen it, a lot of times I get turned down. Cause they're like, no, we can't do that. That no one's going to come. And it's like, no, there's food. Everyone's going to come. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't have to know who I am to just be like, what's that smell? And it's free. I'm going to go over there. Yeah. Um, how, how important would you say persistence and perseverance are to a successful work ethic? I mean, this is this podcast is mostly rooted in the arts and you fit right in there in, in more ways than I think I even realized, you know, so so, you know, whether it's your cooking career or building your YouTube channel. How important would you say persistence and perseverance are to that? Persistence and perseverance is everything. You're going to get told no more times than you're going to get told yes. To use myself as an example, it's like me doing what I'm doing. If I didn't have the backing from being on Hell's Kitchen, a lot of people wouldn't take me seriously. It's just like, oh, you just make cartoon food. Oh, you just play around with this. You're not working in a Michelin star restaurant. And now I, have the respect of the people around me and I can jump into something else, but I'm going to get told no all the time. You have to do these things because you like them, not doing them for money or for fame or for a club, because you're not going to be persistent. You're always going to be turned down. You're, you're not going to want to do anymore. And then you're just going to be like, well, it's not working. So let's try something else. But when I watch a lot of people around me, it's, I'm like, how long did it take before you took off? Nobody says, oh, like it took me two months and everything was blowing. It, it took me four years. I had to have two part-time jobs. And I'm, I'm like, that's where I'm at right now, where I'm still working in this kitchen and I'm still trying to do these, these con things and make my YouTube videos or make my content. I just got to plan and figure out when to do it because only I can push myself. No one else is going to do it for me. Absolutely. To kind of sum up, I guess the conversation, what do you think specifically in your work ethic is a trait that's contributed to the success that you've had to this point? My personality, because I I'm personable and I'm friendly, but I'm just, 
uniquely myself. Like I, I don't really see many people, I guess that are me. Well, I mean, I want to say I'm the only Mary Lou Davis, but I'm not because my mother's the other Mary Lou Davis, <laughs> but you're not going to find anybody that's, that's like me. Sometimes I can be loud and obnoxious and sometimes I can be just shy and demure, but I, my personality gets me through a lot because I come at everything with like this, uh, like, especially in the kitchen, I think I come off as very young and naive, even though I have 10 years of experience. If somebody's going to come in and they're going to shovel and they're going to push their way around, well, go on ahead. You do that. If that was what makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel like you can do your job, you do it. But I don't need to come in and be like, hey, my name's Mary Lou. Look at what I'm doing. My work's going to speak for itself. And I'm going to be happy when I do it. And my happiness is contagious. Like everywhere that I work, I always have a good rapport with people around me because they like to be around me. Like I consider myself a leader, but I also know that I'm empathetic and I can feel what you're feeling and I will treat everybody with respect. And you don't get a lot of that. And you're a collaborator. I am a collaborator. I love that. I'm like, what, what's your idea? What do you think we should do? Let's work on this together. I'm never that type of person. It's just like, all right, I'm going to do all this and you guys figure it out. No, no, no. Let, let's talk it out. I love to talk it out. Awesome. Do, uh, anything that you want to plug or do you want to talk for a second about your YouTube channel before we go? Yeah, I can absolutely talk about my YouTube channel. So my YouTube, my Twitch, my Twitter, every kind of social media thing that you can find is called Geeks and Grubs, G-E-E-K-S-A-N-D, Grubs. And I like to make different foods from different fandoms. I go to different conventions, but I also just like will cook sometimes just because I want to cook something because I can't just be making content from different um, shows all the time. Sometimes I want to make a nice marinara sauce and I want you to see what I did. Awesome. Well, Chef Mary Lou, thank you so much for coming on with me today. You are absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.